Hello, everybody. I'm Dan Crawford, the editor of Hammy End, and I'm going to start with a little brain teaser for audience participation. What do you get if you mix a Serbian with an Englishman and two Americans? Well, it's not a rondo at Motspur Park, although it could be. It's the latest episode of the Green Pole podcast. And whilst I'm delighted to have so many guests on the show, uh, I do have to give a shout out to a listener from New South Wales called Michelle, who wrote after our last podcast, Hi Dan, really enjoying listening to the Green Pole. Great to get insights from you and Oscar, and recently Russ and Max from America. It would be great to get Oscar on with Russ and Max at the same time. I don't know if you could cope with that, but it would be a wonderful listen. Well, as a special tribute to Michelle from New South Wales, who might be feeling a little bit glum at the moment because Australia didn't win the last Ashes Test at the Oval, we've got an absolutely sensational lineup uh, this evening. Uh, Oscar, you're going to have to tell me again where exactly in Serbia you're calling us from because I've got no idea how to pronounce it. Well, it's changed today. I'm in the mountains in a place called Zlatibor. Well, that would have been even worse if you'd have asked me to say that. So he's going on some sort of uh, pilgrimage to Sasalukic, clearly. Oscar is with us. Um, Russ, I'm assuming you're in Walpole, Massachusetts. Would I be correct? You would be correct, Dan. I'm home after uh, a wonderful weekend a couple of weekends ago with Max in Philadelphia. I'm back home. You're back home. It took you two weeks to get home from a week to get home from Philadelphia. Oh yeah, it took me a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that doesn't sound at all out of, out of the question to me. Uh, Max, I'm assuming you're in DC, my friend. That is correct. I'm in DC, where we just had our last summer series game yesterday. But maybe the less said about that match, the better. Well, I'm thinking the less said about the last two uh, summer <laughs> series matches, the better. Um, so why don't we start here yesterday? against the sanctioned mob in SW6, saw the first outings of two, of, of the two senior summer signings um, so far, Ralph Jimenez and Calvin Bassey. Um, we'll all have opinions, but Max, you were there in person. It didn't seem like a coincidence that we perked up a little bit once those two got on the pitch. What were your first impressions, first of all, of, the deals to bring those two in and then how they played uh, last night. Yeah, I think it's two smart pieces of business. I think Bassey's the long-term solution uh, for our left left center back uh, dilemma, as it may be, because, you know, as we've talked about, Tim Ream can't play forever as much, much as we'd like him to. But Bassey was very bright. He looked physical. He looked quick. He was assertive. And he definitely looked a lot, a lot more aggressive than the other options we have in defense. And I, and I like the way he – it's just the way he made the defense seem on on edge, you know. He didn't let the Chelsea players turn with the ball. He won a couple of one-on-ones with some of the pacey Chelsea attackers. It was a productive showing from him. Um, and I like the signing a lot because he's young and he, you know, has good experience across Europe with Rangers and Ajax. Jimenez, I thought, looked all right, but he was pretty anonymous. And that was more due, I think, to our general kind of tepid – performance rather than Jimenez in general but he's 32 he's not a long-term option he isn't the same player he was for Wolves so I hope we'll see some flashes of him but he didn't do an awful lot yesterday that convinced me he can be a number one 
choice for us next year. Okay, well, I slightly disagree, and I have to remind you that no swearing is allowed on this podcast. <laughs> so, you know, you've already done it. That's normally what I expect from Russ. Let's go to him next. Hello, hello, Russ. Your your thoughts on those two signings? Um, I know you had a great segment on Cottage Talk uh, with the Wolves' opinion on Raul Jimenez. Right. Well, I'll start with Bassey, and I, I think that uh, Max did a very good job of explaining exactly what I saw. Now, Max is there. I'm watching it on TV, on NBC, which I will just say right now, Max, thankfully you were there and you did not have to listen to a one-sided broadcast all about that other club in Fulham for two hours. So that, to mm. me, was hard to listen to. However, I focused on the play on the pitch, and especially when these two players came on. And I thought Bassey looked like he fit. It looked like he just needed time to work with his teammates. And I can see how he's going to fit playing left back. Uh, sorry, uh, not left back, obviously, center back. But he could also play left back as well. I respectfully disagree with Max on the play of Raul Jimenez. Now, I thought he looked like he fit in. Did he offer a lot? Was there much service to him? The answer is no, but I did notice that he worked very hard and he looked like he fit into the way Marco wants to play. Maybe it's baby steps, but I actually saw some encouraging things from Raul Jimenez. I think if we're expecting him to basically take the place of Alexander Mitrovic, I don't think that's why he's being brought in. Can he be a piece of the puzzle? I thought he gave us a first glimpse that he might be a piece. And that to me is what was encouraging you. Yeah, excellent. I mean, I, I, I was, I, I, we had the same broadcast, by the way, um, in the UK. And, uh, you know, I had to turn it off, frankly. Um, the only sort of respite was about two minutes from Tim Ream in the, That's 70th, right. in, in the 70th minute. But Robbie Earl was the co-commentator. That's correct. Um, and, uh, and you know, the less said about that, the better. But Robbie did ask Tim Rain what he thought of um, Calvin Bassey. And, you know, basically, uh, how do you deal with the guy who's come in to replace you? I thought it was a really <laughs> unfair question, but Tim gave a really good answer. Uh, more of that anon. Oscar, um, I don't... Did you manage to see any of this game? Um, yeah, I saw the whole thing. Excellent, excellent. It wasn't past your bedtime due to the earlier kickoff. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you feel the two new boys got on? Uh, so I, I've said this before about um, Bassi, which I think is an excellent signing, especially, you know, it's the type of signing we're looking for. You know, it's a statement of intent from the club, which is great for a so far slightly more disappointing transfer window so far anyway. But in terms of how he performed, I think he looked really good in terms of the tackle, as, you know, Max and Russell said he was, you know, he was assertive at times. I think he got caught out on the press, but, you know, Chelsea, oh, sorry, I have to pay another fine. Uh, they're quite a um, high pressing side and quite and they're high they were you know even for a friend it was quite mm-hmm. high intensity in terms of their pace so I thought I thought he struggled a bit in terms of that but then again you know as I said it's a matter of time you know he needs to fit in he needs time to settle you know all the greats you know <clears throat> Sasha Lupic for example he, he you know they need time to settle <laughs> you know they need time to settle and um you know we're only just seeing you know people like Sasha Lukic you know it's really coming to his heights in terms of um Jimenez I think I'm somewhere in between uh, Russ and Max. You know, I don't, as you know, as Russ said, he's not the one-for-one replacement for Mitrovic. He's not. And 
you know, I think anyone who's trying to say that is a bit of a fool. But at the same time, yesterday it wasn't very, it wasn't really a fair showing of what Jimenez can do because he didn't really get much service. The tempo of the game wasn't really where, where it would have been ideal for him. And also it was a friendly, it was only on for a half and it was literally his first half as well. And it's much harder for a striker to impose themselves just in the in one half, whereas a defender, it's kind of a bit easier to see. Hmm. Well, well done for two mentions of Sasha Lukic in, 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 in your 90-second answer there, uh, Oscar. I'd expect nothing less. Um, I, I would just say on Jimenez, and I'm slightly biased, having watched him watched him for a long, long time, I did like the way he dropped off into midfield, linked the play a bit more. He's clearly a different type of striker to, to Mitrovic, whereas you'll be looking to hit Mitrovic in the air, and Jimenez is good in the air. He's got movement, he's got the ability to drop into that number 10 role, and he sees uh, the play a little more than... Uh, than than a conventional um, out and out number nine does. I'm excited to see how he might be when he gets up to to full speed because he scores goals and most importantly, lads, he can take a very good penalty, which is something um, we've been lacking for oh about ten years now. Max, this next question to you. I heard a scurrilous rumor that you went to the DC fan meetup, but you missed Brian McBride. Would you like to explain yourself? True, I missed him. Um, devastated, and I also missed Shahid Khan. Damn, oh, this is unacceptable. It was it was an over two weekend uh, with Fulham royalty. But what I did see from the fan meetup and, and the tailgate beforehand is just like the tremendous growth of the full America community. I met so many people who said the same thing that they never thought there are so many Fulham fans in America. And credit to the club for helping facilitate, but also credit to the Fulham DC higher ups who organized a great weekend and people from all over the United States, the South, the Northeast, the West, the Midwest converge in DC. And it was really special to see everybody. Um, but I did miss Brian McBride. And that is, that was a disappointment. Yeah. Very disappointing from you really must do better. Must commend um, David Daly for comparing at least part of that evening and, um, and Fulham for pulling out all the stops. Um, Russ and Max, uh, maybe you can both come in together. The last time we had you on, you were talking about looking forward to the first game in, in, in Philadelphia and, and your experience of doing the uh, Fulhamish uh, show live um, from, from Philadelphia. Max, you did say you'd never done a live podcast before. Well, these are live. I don't tend to do any editing of them. You may not have realised it um, so far. So... That training, surreptitious as it was, set you in good store for, for, for what was to come. I'll start with you, Russ. The experience of both doing the podcast to a packed-out venue um, and then the game um, against the uh, bus stop from Hounslow, the only one we've won. So clearly you have to attend more of these matches, Russ. That's my takeaway. Tell me about the... Uh, Stephanie will be really annoyed with me now. Tell me about the uh, your 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 experience of that whole weekend because I know you really enjoyed it. Oh, have we lost Russ, uh, Max? Well, yeah. I mean, I I can, I can just fill in quickly, and I'd say Sorry, that man. it was it, it was a magical weekend. It really was. Uh, thank you so much to the full Mish lads for welcoming Russ and I onto the stage and. It was like, yeah, as I said, 
having the uh, the live audience, I guess is what I meant to say, Dan, was was funny. So when you crack a joke, you can have people react to it. And when you have a controversial take, you can have some real uh, instant feedback from the audience. But it was great. I think that was obviously the best match of the series, the only match we won. Um, we saw two really quality goals uh, from Deckard over Reed and from Harry Wilson. And then maybe the personal highlight for me was Vinicius. Vinicius' goals right in front of the Fulham fans um, in the end of the Lincoln Financial Field. So altogether a great time. Plus a highlight of the fan experience was less strong Fulham legend gave a 10-minute speech about what football was like when he was playing, and that was really enjoyable. Only 10 minutes. I think you might have got shortchanged, but <laughs> it's strong. Russ, we got you back, mate. I'm back. Sorry about that, Excellent. guys. Can you hear you me? Want to, so Max filled in there to give us his best Goldman impression of what it was like um, doing the doing the Fulhamish live show. I know you really enjoyed it. Um so tell us a little bit both about that and then your overall impressions of what seemed like a very special weekend. It really was, Dan. Like I said, I got to spend it with uh, my son and especially also doing a show with Sammy and George, but especially the fact that Max was there to join me. And it was really an incredible weekend. And um, I don't know if I've told Max this, but the best part of the weekend, me and my son both agreed, even though Fulmish Live was fantastic, the match was fantastic. The meetup at with the club was fantastic. The best part of the weekend, Max, I haven't told you this. My son and I both agreed was having dinner with you and your family. That was the best part for us. So I just wanted just to share that with, with you on this podcast. It was really, that's something that Bray and I talked about all the way home to Boston. But the whole experience, meeting the phone supporters, doing a live show, Doing a live show with people that I really enjoyed doing it with was just spectacular. Being at the match itself, I actually had a tear in my eye when Fulham came on the pitch. And just having people come to me, talk to me about Fulham Football Club, mostly talk to me about Mitrovic, but that was fine. You know, we could talk <laughs> about that. But honestly, being able to be amongst so many Fulham supporters is something that I will never forget. I will never forget that. I'll just tell a quick story about a gentleman who comes up to me and Brady on the street, comes up to us on the street and says, hey, Russ, my brother is your biggest fan. Can I take a selfie with you? And I said, okay, sure, take a selfie. And about four days later, I get a WhatsApp message from this fan, and it was a picture with him and his brother, with me and his brother. And he, again, was a huge fan of Cottage Talk, a huge fan of Fulham. And it was just amazing that someone would actually want to take a picture of me or a brother take a picture of me. It was just a weekend of just meeting all the Fulham supporters. So those people that don't think that there's a huge audience for Fulham Football Club in America, they certainly didn't spend the weekend that Max and I did. And, and Max had two experiences of that. The one in Philadelphia, something I will never forget, Dan. Well, I'm really pleased because um, we know as, as Fulham fans, and Oscar will corroborate this, you know, we have a special relationship with America, largely because of the success that Fulham have had in integrating American players. Uh, Max and Russ have talked about this before. I do think there's a case that the club hasn't maximised the depth of support in the United States that, that, that there is, you know, you guys get up at goodness knows what time to watch these matches. It's insane, really. 
Um, and you meet so many uh, passionate Americans who, who actually Americans who live also all around the world uh, who, who follow Fulham. So I'm really pleased that the American uh, fans had this experience of watching Fulham in front of them. Um, and hopefully uh, we can build on it. Um, I wanted to pivot perhaps to where we are at the moment um, as a result of that. The, the end of the summer series, you know, we went to the game last night with aspirations of winning the summer series, and, and obviously we didn't. Um, Oscar was still, Marcus Silva's still quite clear that we're somewhere short of where we need to be. Um, where do you think we need to strengthen uh, in the last couple of weeks of the transfer window? Um, because, you know, we're still a bit threadbare, aren't we? Especially when people like Tom Kenny go off injured and Kenny Tete bangs his shoulder and you have to have a sharp intake of breath. Um, it's not it's not always the easiest thing watching Fulham in a pre-season friendly, is it? Well, yeah, no, part of the problem with that is that we leave all our transfers late, so we, um, we don't necessarily get all our business. We don't get much of our business done, so we don't actually see the players before the start of the season. But in terms of what needs to be uh, strengthened, I think Pellegrini could be a very, very, very good signing because, you know, you know, it's good depth and it's competition, which I think is always a really good thing. I think we also need um, someone like Andre, or preferably Andre himself, to, you know, defend another defensive midfielder because we are missing someone there, and especially, you know, more depth. Because every time... Pelinha comes out, everyone's holding their head in their hands. So I feel like it'd be good to have another defensive midfielder as another option. If Tosin goes, we'll of course need someone to replace Tosin. And I don't think it's likely now, but if Mitrovic goes, I don't know what we'll do because I don't think there's enough time to get someone near his level in the what in the time that's left in the transfer window. But as every day that passes, I'm getting more and more certain that he's staying at least for this, you know, at least until Christmas, you know, because that's when the next transfer window is. But until then, I think I think you'll stay at very at the very least. Yeah, and let me um, utilize the fact that we've got so many Fulham oracles on, on this episode to get your thoughts on some breaking news. Just in the last couple of minutes, Fulham have agreed a fee with Everton for Damari Gray. Don't know what the fee is yet. Everton Whoa. will not um, the, the transfer will not go through until Everton. Um, have a replacement. Was that Max who was wooing? I'll go to you first. Yeah, that's wow. That's that's amazing breaking news. Thank you, Dan. You're you're always you have your nose to the ground. Ooh, I mean that's I think it's a great signing. From being honest with you, I was gonna say uh, one thing that remained lacking from the the preseason. I think our wingers were weak in that department. We've lost Cabano. We've lost Solomon. And, you know, William Wilson, Deckard over Reed, I think they're all decent options. But one thing I feel like it lacks is a bit of dynamism. And Tamar Gray, I think, is a player who has that in just in, in, in loads. Uh, he was one of Everton's bright spots last year. I think he was linked with a number of other Premier League clubs. So I think that's a, that's a great statement um, fr- from Fulham. I think, I think that's great news. Yeah, he certainly knows where the goal is. Russ, your immediate thoughts on Damari Gray? I don't with no suggestion what the fee is. Everton were wanting ten million, right. significantly lower than that. Um what what do you reckon? Pleased with this well, one? I'm for it. The only thing that concerns me is that we need players in, Dan, and I was just reading some of the tweets about this and Everton aren't going to let him go until they get a replacement. So that to me is a little bit concerning. 
I think the player could really help him. I think we need a player like that, like Max already just mentioned. But uh, i got to be honest with you. I was really hoping Fulham would make a deal with that other club in Fulham for Callum Hudson-Odoi. Does that change things? Or is he just one of the wingers that they want to bring in? Because I believe that Marco said he wanted a couple of wingers. So is this part of the plan? Yeah. So you know, um, as well as I do, the the Tony Khan analytics seems to love a winger. Um, we, we, we collect them, uh, uh-huh. collectibles. Um, so my understanding was that we were looking at at least two and we're certainly still talking to uh, to the squatters in Fulham about uh, Callum hudson Um So I, I think those are going concurrently. The other thing, of course, is Everton might not be willing to let Damari Gray go uh, until we've played them on the first day of the season. Uh, certainly, I, I would, if I was in their position, I wouldn't be wild about selling one of your players and then bang, he puts one in the uh, in the top corner after five minutes. Um, so there's that. Let's just um, pivot back to the the discussion we were having, Russ. Other areas that Fulham might strengthen, other than on the wings. Do you, do you have any thoughts about other positions? Well, I think that they need another dynamic player in central midfield. I was hoping, and you and I talked about this, Dan, that Yunus Musa would come to form, and that does not look like that's about to happen. Looks like he is going to end up at AC Milan. That is disappointing. But I think that there's an opportunity to get someone at central midfield that could really be another option for Marco besides Harrison Reed, besides Sasa Lukic, I think you need someone else that's dynamic. And I know there's Fred out there, and I wouldn't be against something like that, but I think that's where I would be looking. I also believe that they need depth of fullback, and I think Oscar was already mentioning Pellegrini. I saw that today. So I think you need fullback depth, but I think what you really need is someone dynamic in central midfield. That's what I'm looking at. I I'm not talking about striker at this point because I am hopeful that our Serbian striker stays with us. I'm not changing my mind on that, regardless of what's going on. I'm hoping he stays. So I'm not even going at striker. I'm focusing on central midfield. Yeah, and so the deal to take Andre from Fluminense seems to have floundered a little bit because Fluminense wants to hold on to him till at least January. Uh, Fulham very much. In for that, Fausto Vera was another uh, option. But as I understand it, Fulham still very interested in Fred. Galatasaray don't have the money to close the deal. Fulham balking at paying £20 million for Fred. I would too, um, frankly. So I I think that's one that might get done a little bit uh, further down the tracks. Um, And we we still look a little bit threadbare in any number of areas. So bodies and, and, and quality are important at this point. Max, I just wanted to return to you. You mentioned in previewing the summer series how much you were looking forward to seeing some of the younger players. Um, we saw a few, we saw a bit more of some of our younger players than we might have reasonably expected um, given the injury situation and uh, and the rotation that, that Marco put in. Anybody stand out for you um, in, uh, in, in your sort of assessment of those three games? Yeah, it has to be the, the young centre-back, uh, Defoglio, whatever. How do you guys pronounce his last name? 
Number 44. Oscar, do you want to have a go? Because I butchered it. Uh, I say De Fugero. And he's Perfect. right. The, the yeah, De Fugero was, was class. I mean, the thing about him, which uh, stands out to you from seeing him in person, is that he's small. He's not a very big, imposing figure in center half, but I thought he was excellent. And he came totally off my radar uh, to be one of the standout star. I think he had the most minutes played of any academy uh, graduate this this uh, summer series. Didn't see as much of Luke Harris as I would have liked. Um, Stansfield looked, looked decent, but didn't get that much time either. The other one, Dibley Diaz, I thought, um, also acquitted himself very well in, in central midfield. So, you know, some good cameos, but honestly, Dan... Uh, no one really excelled other than the Fugero, I think. Yeah, and, and Luke has been one who's on the radar um, of quite a few talent scouts, particularly because, you know, he's drafted in at centre-back, but he's really a full-back on the, either side. And you mentioned his sort of slight build. You know, that didn't seem to hold him back. And what I loved was he did give away a penalty against Aston Villa, but it didn't affect the way he went about proceedings, wanting the ball, buying into the philosophy of taking the ball forward, stepping out. You know, I thought it was a really impressive cameo. Just on Luke Harris, um, reports from earlier today in in uh, in the Southwest suggesting that he's likely to go on loan to Exeter City because Exeter have not been successful in persuading Fulham to let them have Jay Stansfield for another year. Stansfield likely to go to a championship club Harris um needing some first team football um and it looks like or or at least those reports um not corroborated in the press but but seemingly fairly well sourced giving him an opportunity to play um lower league football but regular first team football in a league where he'll have the space to um to showcase his talent I know quite a few people saying he should have a championship loan um but for me it's first team uh, football for some of these these young players. Right, we need to um, wrap it up in a minute. Just a few quick fire questions, uh, and really a sort of mood check from all of you. Oscar, I'll start with you. How are you feeling? Given that preseason is for fitness, um, we, we've got one more preseason friendly against Hoffenheim at Craven Cottage on Saturday. How are you feeling at this point, going into the new season? And where do you, you know, are you anxious about relegation as on the on the back of what we've seen? If we have the current squad, I'd say I'd be anxious, but I have I have some confidence we'll make new signings. So I don't think we should be too worried when Everton comes around. Okay, and uh, well, well, that that's good, Max. Maybe you'd like to expand a little bit on what you saw in a, in America, up close and personal, and uh, and the direction of travel for the for the football club it's it's a thin squad uh it's worrying you know Kearney went down yesterday with a hamstring issue Paulina obviously got injured Mitrich not involved Reem not involved Pereira just returned yesterday we're not heading into the second straight premier league season with a lot of momentum behind us i think it's fair to say um obviously Bassi and Jimenez i think are really smart signings but I think everyone knows, as Oscar mentioned, we need more. Uh, if this is a team we go into for the first uh, part of the season, I'd say we're honestly in many ways weaker than we were last season. I think the Mitrovic thing is so key because he's so central to the way we attack. And he's our focal point. And we just do not have anyone who's close 
to being that kind of talisman for us up top, not only for what he possesses, but how he can drop deep, how he can facilitate the play. And how we just create space for other players because of the center half is always focused on him. So to me, the longer the Mitchford situation drags out, the more worried I am. Either we get the cash and we invest in a truly top-class center, center forward. And don't get me wrong, guys, I like him as a lot, but he's not the answer to the Mitch Rich hole. I know he's not, I'm not saying he has to be the same player, but I think we need a really quality striker heading into the year. And the longer this, this stretches on, I think the worse it gets. So I don't know. If you ask me what happened if the squad goes into the season, I'd say we're looking at just avoiding relegation. And we really shouldn't be regressing from last season, right? No, uh, I think you're right. But um, there is a danger that we, you know, Marco's proven to be a miracle worker sort of two seasons running with not a lot of, um, not a lot more in terms of squad depth than than we have at the moment. Um, Russ, you're, you're always the most optimistic Fulham fan I know. Um, so come on, throw a bit of sunshine down on this. Okay, so I'm going to release the Kraken on this one, and I'm going to have a completely different view than my two co-hosts here that I respect a great deal. First of all, I truly believe that under Silva, under the cons, Fulham, for whatever reason, thrive in chaos. It looks like complete and utter chaos, and I'm actually thinking that's a good thing because it seems like that sharpens everyone with the club, and it sharpens Marco. It sharpens the cons. And the reason why I'm feeling confident, regardless of how it ends, because we don't, don't know how it's going to end, the fact that the cons have not buckled to the pressure of selling Mitrovic, selling Paulina, tells me that they want to push on. The only issue that I have right now is that there are not more signings because I think Tony is looking for good deals, good, smart signings. But at some point, you have to go a little above and beyond and get the player that you want. I think they're going to do that. And I'm actually pretty confident that Fulham, throughout all this chaos, I'm going to flip everything on its head. And I'm going to say that Fulham will build a club that's going to contend for Europe and end seventh. I've already said it, and I'm not changing my mind on it because I believe in the manager. I actually believe that the cons will give the manager the tools that he needs to succeed. Dan already mentioned it. He's worked well with less. He's going to get more. I think everyone is going to be blown away, just like they were last season. Everyone was saying Fulham are going to get relegated. I hope they do it again. Fulham are not going to get relegated. Fulham will not be in a relegation battle. Fulham will be fighting for Europe, and I'm going to say they'll end seventh. I'm saying they're going to do better. Doesn't look like it right now. But I believe the signings will come. I truly believe that. It's just a matter of when. And the longer I disagree with Max, I respect Max a great deal. The longer the Mitrovic thing goes on, I think it also shows the strength of the club because they're not buckling. They might have to at some point if someone meets meets that valuation. But if they don't, no one else, no other club has been able to fight off the Saudi clubs right now. It's only Fulham. That shows strength to me. That shows absolute strength. Marco walked away from deals with two Saudi clubs. What does that tell you? I'm just telling you right now, bring on the chaos, full men seventh. That's incredible from, from, from you, Russ. Absolutely incredible. Definitely going to play that back at the end of the season. <laughs> um, 
And uh, I, I won't do my Amy Winehouse impression, but if anyone wants to know what the Fulham fans will be singing at Goodison Park, it's all about uh, they tried to make him go to rehab, but Mark rehab, but Marco said no, no, no. Um, and God bless him for, for, for doing that. Listen, lads, it's been great fun having you uh, on the podcast. Oscar, thank you so much, my friend. Anytime, man. Anytime. Always a pleasure. I'm going to hold you to that. Max, thank you for dropping on and uh, and livening up your afternoon with us. We greatly appreciate it, my friend. Yeah, it was great to get all the guys together. and It was great to be on the show with Oscar and Russ, of course, as always. And uh, my best to, to your family as well. I know they know how to liven up an evening, as they seem to do with with, with Russ and Brady. So so all the best to <laughs> the King clan. And, Thanks uh, for having me on, Dan. I really yeah, enjoyed it. I'm coming it. to you, Ross. You, you oh, sorry. You're just too enthusiastic. <laughs> I'm sure Stephanie hasn't reminded you of that lately. Um, thank you, Ross, for, for being with us again. So pleased that you're able to... Um, have that wonderful experience in Philadelphia with, with Brady. All the best to your family. And uh, we look forward to getting the gang back together. So thank you, Russ, for, for interrupting your afternoon as well for us. Dan, any time that I could do a show with, I want to say the four of us, uh, please include me, Oscar. It was great to do a show with you. I always love doing shows with Max. It's it's just a pleasure doing it with him. Of course, you, Dan. But I just want to end by just saying this one last time. It was a special weekend for me in Philadelphia. It's something I will never forget. And I think that as we and Max and I talked several times is that there's got to be a way to keep this relationship between the U.S. and Fulham going and expanding it. Because Ross, I'm telling you, you we're going to run out of time. But thank okay. you so much. Thank you, everybody. Come on, you whites.